How about this one? You know why Dutch people have such big noses? Look at that. Yeah, I know. I got one of those. Why? You know why? Uh-uh. Air is free. <laughs> That's a good one. everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Rob with Rise, and today I get to sit down with a good friend in ministry, Mr. Bob Lins. Bob and I have laughed together, prayed together, shed tears together. Bob is a jolly fella. You'll get to hear that in today's episode. But as Bob and I talk, we also decide to tackle some of the hard things in life, like being different and lost. And friends, you know what? Today was a tough episode for me because there's so many things I can relate to. But at the same time, as we wrestle through it, as Bob and I talk about it, even as Bob and I may get a little emotional, you'll find out that we both still have hope. That's what this podcast is all about. And as you listen today, I hope that you find just a little bit more joy in your journey. On today's episode of Enjoying the Journey, we have our good friend Bob Lenz. So excited to have you on. Bob, you have been become a friend. You are a passionate guy. You have done ministry for, for over 30 years, both across the country and around the world. And recently, I saw that you wrote an article for Global Leadership, which I absolutely love, that leadership conference. They do it every year. Craig Rochelle is a big part of it. You got to to write an article, or at least be interviewed for it, and you said some stuff that, that I thought, wow, I'd like you to expand on. And it has to do with your personal family going through adversity and what that was like and what you, you said in that article. So for our listeners today, can, can you bring us back to that article and just share a little bit? Yeah, it was an honor to be with Global Leadership Summit to be able to be interviewed by them. They wrote the article, but you know, Rob, it's good to be here and the journey of faith, right? It's all the time and uh, being with you at Rise Fest and doing schools with you and being a part of NGA together and just really uh, about ministry. Yeah. But you look back and, and, and you think of the unlikeliness. Um, Word of God says there's not many noble, not many wise. And uh, uh, I hate to start with a joke, but one of my board members <laughs> said, Bob, you know, why I like being on your board. I'm like, why is that? He says, because there's no way you can steal the credit from God. <laughs> and, you and I are both in that boat. <laughs> oh, they could tell that they were ignorant, unlearned men, but they took note they had been with Jesus. You exactly. Know? And I hope that's the reality. And, and it's like, um, I never set out to be a, a speaker, never set out to be a minister, to run a ministry. Matter of fact, the opposite was true. Like, you know, there's times when you tell a story um, about your life and maybe a struggle and, you know, Rise Fest and you, you of all people know, you know, God uses your own adversity sometimes to propel you to ministry. Mm -hmm. But I was always even afraid to tell everybody my whole story yeah. because it seemed too many. Like, you know, and, 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 and if you know me, I already started with a joke. I'm a yeah. You know, hopefully I'm a, a jolly person and yep. a, getting that happy spirit. And yet the pain in our life, it was to the point where I, I think for the global leadership interview it was the only time I ever shared it all together. And when you read that, I, I'm willing to share it. But like, so when I, when I grew up, my grandpa 
had both arms um, amputated. Uh, Kimberly Clark um, Mill was Kimberly, Wisconsin, right by us. And my grandpa went, he was working on a paper mill and the one arm went in and he went to grab it and they both got rolled in. Oof. And at 18 years old, he lost both arms. You know, and that's back in the day when they didn't have prosthetics like they have today. And I, I remember like that loss of a quote, normal grandpa. Mm -hmm. uh, so instead of him playing ball with me, um, my friends would tease me and go, why are your grandpa wearing gloves in the summertime? Because he had these artificial limbs. I, we still have one in our garage, actually, of what it looked like. And every day I had to go over there, Robin, um, um, unbutton his shirt at night and getting him ready for bed. And, and it was kind of twisting. My grandma, I uh, never saw her. I saw pictures now, but I never knew her when she wasn't in a wheelchair. Hmm. So they, they lived next door to us. And, and I, you know, so we had this, you know, grandma and grandpa, instead of coming over and playing with you that we had to take care of right. and so this start hitting on my head and it you know like what's what's going on in my life and then my dad I mean it's my dad um he was swinging on a fence in eighth grade um like a chain you know like a chain fence where you could okay. swing on it yeah and he swung off and hit his head and and uh because of that he became an epileptic he had brain trauma and and even right now that pressure. So I'm like, what's wrong with my family? So my grandpa doesn't have arms. My grandma's in a wheelchair. And now my dad has seizures. And so already I want to tell you it wasn't genetic because I'm afraid the stigma is on me. So my dad, like we were at a basketball game once and my brother was in the tournament and my dad, because of the heat and the excitement went into a seizure and people thought he was having a, having a heart attack. And they stopped the whole game and every eye, do you ever feel like mm -hmm. every eye's on you and you feel like you're an inch big and I'm crying going, he's okay, he's okay. But I felt that different. I felt like I'm ostracized. I'm the weird one out. What's wrong with our family? Mm -hmm. Then my mom and dad started having kids and their first child they, they, that they had had special needs and, and Lois is still alive. She's... She's 65. Matter of fact, she'll be 65 on, on January 25th. And, and Lois is still at about a third grade level. So I have a special needs sister who I love. And I didn't know she wasn't supposed to be that way. And then I had a younger brother, Tim, who was quadriplegic. So he couldn't walk and he couldn't talk. Half his body grew, half of it stopped. Um, he had scoliosis, curvature of the spine, mental retardation, and and cerebral palsy and it was so much that i remember in fifth grade asking my religion teacher you know why is tim and lois handicapped and uh, i'm quote normal and she said i guess god loved you more oh, than no. your mom or dad and uh i got up to god sorry but i got up to kill her really yeah. good. i didn't know how i was gonna do it you know number two pencil <laughs> right. poison right uh, but some friends stopped me and I got the teacher who became my coach next door, Mr. Romanesco. And he had to bring me out in the hall. And he's like, Bob, and I was hitting and swearing and just yeah. crying and said, Bob, she's, she's wrong. She's wrong. And I knew in my head she was wrong, but I believed in my heart. But see, if, if God loved me more than them because they were had special needs, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Well, then if you don't have special needs, does God love them more than you? And if you're, Rob, a better speaker than me, does God love you more than me? And if you're better looking, which you are, does it mean <laughs> God loves you more than me? And if somebody else has more money, and, and I just struggled going, do I have value? Right. And then it just continued to the point where people literally said to my mom, do you think that there's a curse on your family that you got two handicapped kids? What did you do so wrong to have this? And I had to come to the point, Rob, going, do my brother and sister have value? If not, then euthanasia, right? Right. Then let's take care. Let's get rid of the weak. But if they do, then what about the 1,800 students a day that attempt suicide just in America? Right. We got to tell them, and they do have value. They do have purpose. And I'm sorry, he asked me one question. I'll go on and on. But Let's all that pain in my life. And I'm like, if, if they have value, we got to go tell. And for the last now, it'll be 39 years this year. Awesome. I've been going around the country telling people, you have dignity. You have worth. Every single person has worth and value. And then, and then we get to, you know, bring them to the best hope. Going. Yes, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if there's anybody listening here and you might have a son or daughter with a special needs problem or you yourself are struggling with some kind of even, you know, limitation, if you mm -hmm. will. I want you to know God doesn't think any less of you. He loves you and he is for you. He is with you and you have purpose and a value. Oh, I love it, Bob. And that, that, that I, I'm sorry to ask you such a hard question. But the reason, one, I do know you're the jolly guy. I do know that you have passion. So I know that tears will come out, but laughter will at the same time. And the reason I wanted you to share that is because I have felt the exact same way most of my life that I was of no value, that I did not matter, that in our family, yes, my sister has MD. I have MD, which is muscular dystrophy. My brother doesn't. So that must mean he is loved more. You know, in, in all of these thoughts, even, even sometimes the Bible stories that you hear run through your head. And it's like, well, it sure seemed like God had more favor to this one than that one. I must be the one he doesn't have favor for. And I, you, you know what, Rob? I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, that's why John, John 9 to me is so cool. This guy is born blind. And Jesus' disciples come up to him and go, hey, Jesus, who sinned? Was it this guy? Yeah, right, right, right. Or was his parents? Like, why is he cursed like Bob and Rob? Like, yeah. whose sin was it? And Jesus goes, neither. neither. It was his uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he, he said, neither. But that the glory of God may be revealed. And matter of fact, he looked at the Pharisees and said, who is really blind here? If, if you really knew who was among you, right? right? You are the ones who are spiritually blind. And yeah. so please hear me today. It rains on the good and the bad. The sun rises on good and evil. You're not cursed. You're not paying for somebody's fault last sin or something. God is so big, 
so good that even though it may look like somebody else has more favor, God is for you. He is with you. Oh, amen. And I'm so glad you bring that up. So I've been doing ministry not as long as you because I'm not quite. You're younger. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a little, little bit less than you. But even this year doing ministry all these years, I still fall back into that at times. I, and I love that you bring up John 9 because I have a niece who I love dearly, but again, would be put into the category of special needs. She has autism, severe autism. And so I asked my brother-in-law one day, I called him up and I said, do you think your daughter has autism because of all the sin you've done in life? Because I had this skewed view of favor and God loving you and not loving you. And it was all based on circumstance. And and if you look successful in society and if you were athletic and if nothing was ever wrong and I had this skewed view and he brought up the exact same passage to me and he's Rob, it's, it's neither of, of the father or the mother sins It's for the glory of God. See what we forget is that God gives us platforms through our brokenness, through our heartache, through our adversities. You have a wonderful platform from Life Promotions, Life Fest, Dignity Revolution. God has given me a platform through Rise Fest, uh, speaking, and, and now this, this podcast. I tell people all the time, I'd rather have a cooler platform than what I got, a wheelchair and a voice. Woo! I'd rather be a BMX rider, football player, band. I'd rather be Bob Lenz. I don't know, something way, way cooler than, you know, being, being Rob or whatever. And so I'm just so glad because I honestly believe there are people listening that still feel that way, that they feel if they they screw up one more time. So going back to what I was saying, I've been in ministry for 19 years. And let's be honest, we all sin. We all fall short. We all fail. We all go back to, you know, whether the sin we don't want to do or the anger or the thoughts or, or, or whatever. And then things don't quite go the way you wanted them to. And so... I remember having a conversation with my dad, who's a pastor, going, Dad, is it the sins of the father why that circumstance didn't work out the way I had hoped it would? Again, it's that same view of I am unworthy, unvaluable, and because, you know, you spoke out of anger or or whatever that sin is, well, now you're going to be punished. And and not only you, but it's going to go down a generation. And so... You know what you really wanted to happen for your child? It's not going to yeah. happen because you screwed up. And that's just a skewed view of who God is and, and what love is all about. Well, and we think, you know, please hear me. I believe my brother passed away. He lived with us 18 and a half years. Mm. And I believe in heaven where there's no more tears and everybody's whole. I believe that he can run and jump and do that. But the question I always had, and so our key verse for our ministry is John 17, 3. This is life, to know you, the one true God, and your son, who you have sent. So that's on my brother's tombstone. And if I had a tattoo, I would put it right here. I'm not saying if I do or not, but if I did, <laughs> it would be right here. Should we get on that topic today? John 17, 3, because this. If life is just being good looking, if life is just being on a football team, if life is just catching a big muskie or northern, if life is having a girlfriend or a good job or putting on a festival, then my brother didn't have life. But if life is knowing God, then guess what? Now, please hear me. I believe God does miracles. I believe that one day we're going to be whole. 
But you know, I have friends who have they run a they run a special needs camp called Camp Daniel. Okay. And he has studied scripture. Now, now I'm not here, but I'm throwing this out here. Mm-hmm. He believes that the, that he will still be handicapped in, in heaven. Hmm. He says, you just are so upside down that you think it's beauty or wealth. You think it's wholeness in this way. But if the real parts of the kingdom are service and receiving, then guess what? Hmm. You are loved. You are known. You have purpose. And even though I don't agree with him, Right. It sure comes in the face of this prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. that says, if you believe hard enough, if you do enough good, it's going to turn out this way. Well, I will tell you this. The word of God says, I am the God of the mountains and the valleys. And because you thought I was just the God of the mountaintops, whoops. Okay. (laughs) That's when, that's when it really happens. So I want the listeners to know, You may have a son or daughter with autism. You may be struggling. You have went through a miscarriage. You saw somebody even as a believer and you're like, I did everything I was supposed to. I raised my kids according to Dobson. I dealt with my strong-willed child. I went to church. I tithed. I did this. Why didn't we? You know what? Please. The greatest things is a heart of peace to know you're forgiven, a sense of purpose. It's not in how, what kind of car you drive. And God, if we do that, we can enjoy the things he gives us, but don't let ever the things he gives us become the purpose of our lives. We can't allow that to happen, Rob. No, no, we cannot. And I was listening to a sermon this week and it goes back to this idea that if everything goes according to our plans, then God is near. And the pastor said it this way, and I, th- I think it's, it's very good. We think sometimes life is good. It means God is near. Uh, life is not good. <laughs> God is not near. And uh, the truth of the matter is God is near always. Well, isn't it C.S. Lewis says he speaks to us through the nature, but he screams to us through the pain. Mm. And I think what we need to see is the God is near the altogether. Yeah. God is near to the rich. Yep. Or God is near to the broken hearted. Right. And so please, please, please hear us today. God and and you could be a pastor, you come from a pastor's family. And you're like, well, why isn't this happening for me? The thing is, is to find that strength in the midst of those times, because there are no guarantees. Like so many pastor uh, parents come to me and said, well, you know, my kids didn't turn out. What did I do wrong? Mm. And I said, you know what? I, we've raised five kids. And, and uh, at, you know, I, I should have wrote my book before I had kids because then I knew everything. Right, right. But after you have kids, right? Yeah. There's only one perfect parent, right? And it wasn't Rob. And no, it wasn't Bob. No, no. It it was Father God the Creator. He had two kids, Adam and Eve. Hmm. Did God do anything wrong? Did his kids follow him? No. Sin came in. Yeah. So as parents even out there, 
love your kids the best you can raise them in the in the lord yeah. but if they turn out don't take too much credit and if they quote don't follow the lord don't take too much blame right just love them and give them back to god in this three steps to a kid who will follow christ come on you're right how about let's live in brokenness and victory yeah. at the same time because you know what once I surrendered my life to Jesus completely and start serving him 100% and got a ministry that was doing really good and started our own festival and wrote a couple books, then no problems came to me anymore, Rob. Oh, well, that's <laughs> what I got to do. A couple books and then no more problems. Then no okay. more. Pro Your video was good, but get a couple books. Yeah. Belt. And, and, and then, then you can throw that wheelchair away. Oh, amen. I cannot wait for that day to throw that. But you, yeah. I know what but, you're saying. I know that's so not true. You know, you start a ministry, you, you write books, you, you try to encourage other people to have hope in the Lord. And not every day is a good day. And that's why we call this enjoying the journey. It's not enjoying I've been got there, but the journey. Well, and that's, and can you find joy? Because I've been in ministry 39 years this year yep. and I've experienced in the last few years, more pain um, than ever. Yeah. Um, can you, can you walk us down that one road, Bob? I know extremely painful and, and this is what I want listeners to hear. And you just said it. You know, you think, okay, I start a ministry, I start a festival, people come to Jesus, I write a book, that all of my heartache, all of my pain, all of my understanding of Jesus will be figured out because I've been obedient, I've been faithful, the sun will shine every day, the rain will fall when it needs to fall, and it won't fall when it doesn't, and I won't worry, and I won't have pain, and I won't have brokenness, and I won't have confusion, and, and the answer to that is, is just not true. There is still... Our name of our organization is Life Promotions, yep. Instilling Hope in Youth. It was founded by my brother, Bill, yep. as Solid Rock Ministries, and Life Promotions was a division underneath it. My brother and I wrote a booklet together called Why Suicide. Mm. Very awesome piece. My brother literally, literally saved hundreds and hundreds of people from taking their lives, um, coming in, walking in, people have their their wrists bleeding, had guns in their mouth, talked them out of it, got them help, counseled people, planted a church at its heyday was one of them. If you want to call them mega church, three thousand people reaching people, ministries across this world, um, just doing phenomenal, um, just a, a prophet counselor pastor uh shepherd and uh three years ago went what the um doctors are calling an episodical anxiety and depression hmm. something happened and you could see the switch and um Uh, my brother uh, took his own life mm -hmm. as a pastor. 
So we sit here saying Jesus is the answer, and let me tell you, he is. But that doesn't make us immune from anxiety or depression, and even how to do it. And I didn't talk, it's been three years, Rob, and I haven't discussed it like this because I, I didn't want it to become another story. Yeah. I didn't want it to become another talking point. Right. And so for the first three years, all I said was because the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I asked him if he would take away the pain. And, you know, right. I'm sorry, but that's his job. He's the, the comforter. Yeah. And I felt like he said, the pain's not going to go away. And I'm sorry, but I argue with God. I don't know how you do it, but I'm like, yeah. dude, isn't that your job? <laughs> right. Come on. Right. And he yeah. said, you lost your brother. And that, that pain will always be there. But then he said this, and please hear me if you are going through grief and loss. Some of you have lost people to suicide, to cancer, through divorce, through separation, through betrayal, through cancer, whatever it might be. And he said, that pain will be there, but it doesn't have to steal the joy that's around you, joy in the journey, mm -hmm. or deter you from your mission. And I'm like, wow. So hear that again. Yeah. That that pain may not go away. That doesn't mean you're not loved. But it doesn't have to steal the joy that's around you or deter you from your mission. And God has given me Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart, for from it flows everything that you do. And we have to understand the reality of mental health, yeah. mental illness, and I know there's a lot of difference in opinion on it, but it's real and we can deal and we can get help. And um, let me tell you this, there's so many people that, who could my brother talk to? You know, and there's a lot of things in the whole mental health issue that you can't see a psychiatrist in our area for six months unless you sign yourself in or you're signed in. Hmm. Because the stigmas that are still there, like you're a Christian, you're a pastor. Wow. But you know what? 90% of pastors feel they don't have a close friend. And my brother did. My brother had people. Mm. But it came in and something, we're not sure if it was the medicine he was on, if it was the severe anxiety or depression that was just in the short term of his life. Um, some of his doctors believe that there was an actual tumor. Um, but let me tell you this. The reality of living your whole life to promote life. And the brother who you did it side by side with, I just wanted to quit. Yeah. I just wanted to give up. But I am here three years later saying, no matter what pain you're going through, no matter what loss you're going through, grief is real. Now, there's a difference between grief and mourning. Mm -hmm. Grief is the pain of the loss we feel inside. Mourning is having a place safe enough where you can mourn and let it out. And so many people have grief, but they've not allowed themselves to mourn. It's, it's not a one step and it's over. There's cycle. It's like the waves of the ocean. And I'll have days where I am depressed and sad, but I know God is with me. And I do things to make sure that now, you know, I understand this is in my family, you know, and I have to make care, take care of myself and make sure I'm being healthy and make sure the rhythms of my life. Now, can we stop all of them? No. 
but you know what? How many of you out there are have walked in a walk against cancer or, or, or raised money for cancer awareness, right? Let's fight cancer with everything in us. And let me tell you this, Rob, I am going to fight hopelessness with everything in me. I'm going to fight for, for wellness and understanding spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, uh, psychological wellness, emotional wellness, uh, physical wellness, and, and we can't give up. And again, I, I don't understand why, but I don't need to know why. Sure. All I need to know is this, my focus needs to be on not what happened, but on my Christ. Right. And he will help me walk through this. And he does give comfort. All the pain, it'll always be there but he brings comfort and he allows me to enjoy. I have 12 grandkids. Yeah. But you know what? I've seen people in the midst of their depression. They can't find hope. They can't find enjoyment. They can't find joy in the journey. And I want you, you know, and it's easier for me to say, say than you, if I was in a wheelchair, the things I love to do mm-hmm. to water ski, to go out hunting, to hike, I can't do that. But I see the joy in your life. And are you looking at me with a brother who was a pastor and took his life and say, how can you have joy? And, and sometimes you feel guilty. Like if I'm happy without him, you know what? That's all stages we got to go through. Yeah. I can still be happy and sad at the same time. Listen to me. If you're sad, that doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. You struggle with anxiety or depression. It doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. Can we grow? Can we do things? Sure. I know not to microwave plastic in the oven or, or, or microwave plastic in the microwave, whatever I'm trying to I say. I know what you're saying. I know what Because you're... there's results. I want to be healthy. Are there things we can do to be spiritually and physically healthy and emotionally and mentally healthy? Yes. But when it's not there, let's be kind to ourselves as well. Let's get that help we need, that emotional, spiritual, medical help we need. We can continue. Absolutely. There's so much there, Bob. There's absolutely so much there. And, you know, by us coming together, having conversations about hurt and heartache, and my heart still aches for you and your family for for losing your brother. I, I experience grief in a different way. Every time my body stops doing something, I have to grieve that. I have to, I have to let that go. And, and it takes time and it's hard. You, you know, when you first met me, I was more ambulatory. Now I'm in this. And yeah, if you, if you sit every day and think about, oh, I could do this, you know, three years ago or 10 years ago, I could do this. Oh, that was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah, it'll, it will still it was steal my joy. Perfect example. This morning we're getting ready in the house and my wife, every morning she tries on an outfit, right? And then I have to give approval to the outfit. How do you not give approval? Because if you don't say the right thing, then I'm a jerk and I'm in trouble the rest of the day. But she tried something on and she had two different shoes on. And I said, I like that one. She said, yeah, our daughter does too. I said, great. Just don't forget to change them before you go out of the house with two different <laughs> shoes on. And so she had a, a dress on or whatever. And I said, it looks great, babe. You look, you look great. You're, you're ready to go. All she did was bend down to pick something up off, off the ground. And I happened to be sitting close by her when she did it. And I, she caught me in a stare, just a, a, a glaze over my eyes, so to speak. 
And she thought that I did not like her outfit, that I was thinking something about her outfit didn't look right. <laughs> she looked not as physically attractive as she wanted to. That's what she thinks I'm thinking. That's not it at all. What I was doing is I watched her bend down and I thought to myself, I miss that so much. I miss being able to bend down and pick something up off the ground. And then I take it to a whole nother level. What would life look like if my family had somebody like that? And that's where I was at. And, and so when she looked at me and said, what, what's wrong? I said, hon, it has nothing to do with your outfit. It was just watching somebody do something I can't. And in that moment, too. I missed it. It's that that's your grief. That's your loss. Right. And, and so, so how do you, how do you find joy in the midst of facing that every day? Well, have friends like you. <laughs> <laughs> so I can laugh. That's part of it though, right? Oh, I'm Doing dead serious. Together. I am dead serious. I think Doing life together. you have to do life together. You have to have a good circle. I've got a good circle. I, I really have a good circle uh, of friends and family. I think the other thing is, is I can't stay there on the loss for long periods of time. I have to move yeah, on. Yeah. I have things to look forward to. I have to remember the joys that we do have and remember, okay, we do have a platform that has allowed us to meet a lot of people and share with a lot of people. I look forward to things, whether that today we were on the road going to do a radio interview, I was looking forward to getting on the road. Uh, that gave me joy. I, the other thing that I've had to learn, and I still wrestle with it, I did the exact same thing yesterday, Bob. This is my schedule, usually on a daily basis. My son, my 18-year-old son, meets me at the office every morning to help me get in. My 18-year-old son has to meet me at the office to help me walk in the door. How dumb is that? All right. So I'm sitting because it had snowed. And so I said, bud, you probably got to scoop it a little bit because it's going to be challenging to get in. And all I did was watch him. I parked across the street so I didn't make tracks on the parking lot. And I watched him scoop. And I watched his body work the way it's supposed to. And there was a grief. And then this thought went through my head. I'm so grateful, God, that you allow my kids to be physically able. I love watching them do things I cannot do. I'd rather scoop it myself. I'd rather pick that up off the floor myself. But thank you that I can watch others do it. And then the last piece would be don't take yourself so serious. Laugh, right. laugh and laugh. We have been in some awkward situations whether it's Jager and I, my wife and I, friends and I, people that travel with me, you end up in some awkward positions when you gotta be helped all the time. Just laugh, just, I, I, I love to laugh. I really love to laugh. And I think that's what yeah. helps me through. Well, you know, uh, it made me think of that scripture, you know, the paralytic that couldn't get to Jesus on his own. Right. So his friends carried him. Yep. So maybe a, a question for our listeners here. Who are the four people in your life that can carry you when you can't carry yourself? Right. When your pain or physical disability or your emotional disability or your hurt or uh, loss or whatever it might be, sin, guilt. And uh, I pray that you'd recognize those people in your life 
and allow them to carry you to Jesus. Um, Especially the guys that are listening, guys, the the highest place on earth is still at the foot of the cross. Right. And, and so many times we're out to prove and it's so hard to receive. That's something you've taught me, Rob is, it's greater to give than receive. Well, if we really want to bless others, mm-hmm. then why don't you receive from them? Yeah. Because we're too arrogant. We're too proud. Right. So men, men especially, admit your need. Mm-hmm. Hey, you need accountability. You need help with where you're going on the internet at night. Tell somebody. Yeah. You're struggling with jealousy of, of from your wife. Tell somebody. You're struggling with not feeling like you measure up and like the guy's making more money. Tell somebody. You're struggling with loss and hurt and your kids aren't going well. Pray with somebody. Who's carrying Who's carrying you to Jesus? And sometimes we t- we get so into performance and what are you doing for Christ? What are you doing for Christ? Can I say what are you allowing others to do for you in Christ? Yeah. And let them be there for you. Because that sometimes is the biggest lesson uh, to allow others and walking through this pain and the support and the love. To be honest, I wish like you, I wish I didn't need it. Yeah, I'm in in a club now, a survivor of suicide, Mm. that the price is way too big to get into it. And I wish I wasn't in it. Right. But because of that, like you've taught me, you have to learn to ask for help. You have to allow others to be there for you. And it's not always... Being the guy that had us all together, that's sometimes the best I can do to reflect Jesus is to receive from others. You know, the only people who will be in hell are those who haven't received a gift. Yeah. And yet it's so hard, especially for us men, to receive. So may we receive the help we need and to know we're all, we're all grieving. We're all um, handicapped. We're all special needs. Yeah outside of Christ. We really, really are. And that's okay. Because we're completely, fully, extremely, wildly loved by God. Oh, amen. Thank you, Bob Lenz. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for being willing to talk about your family, your brother. And I know it's hard. And I, and I, I, I know it probably took you back to some memories that are, are hard to deal with. But I also know that processing them will allow you to continue to heal. And I also know you will continue to have the jolly joy and smile that you always We got it, man. We got it. And, and blessings to you. And, you know, to our listeners, um, bring Rob in. Bring him into your church. Bring him into your school. Um, does a great job. We are here to serve you. Let's serve together. There's so much need out there. Receive yourself, and then let's give to others. Amen. Thanks, Bob. Love you, buddy. Love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Enjoying the Journey podcast brought to you by Rise Ministries. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to follow Rise Ministries on any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening.